0: What's up, my fellow Earthlings? It is Lala, Mother Effing Kent.
1: With Ram.
0: Another week. Another week. And I watch the news and it sends me into a hole because I hear one week like, Oh, bars are opening. Oh, shit. Young people aren't taking COVID seriously. So we're back in the red. Duck for cover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it, what's, what's crazy is, I mean, you just knew eventually that the congregating of mass amounts of people at bars and in beaches eventually with no distancing was going to create a problem now florida had a spike a single day spike i think and i know you don't like numbers law but i think i think it was like tim how many Eight thousand. it was it was crazy single day not good not Whatever good it was, it was not good, not good. it so, wasn't good so now our governor has shut down all bars and our mayor shut down our mayor and governor shut down all bars in los angeles again and here's the thing and I'm going to be really transparent here. I really don't give a shit about the bars. (laughs) What I give a shit is that I feel bad for the business owners of these bars. Like, that's what breaks my heart. It's not that I care that we can't go to a bar and have a drink, because you know what, I could sit in my house and have a cocktail. What pisses me off and what sucks is that these people are struggling in their small, you know, businesses. And, I know that I, we've all struggled, but but here you the bars just got a chance to reopen and now they're closed. So this is, eh, you know, I'm making light of it, but it's not funny. It's it's I'm catastrophic.
0: S- I'm s- yeah, I agree. It's with catastrophic. You. It I is. just want to
1: say this. I have a couple friends that own small business bars, very very uh, in different parts of the country, and they were just figuring out how to open and pay the bills just with the limited seating they could have. And now some of them are getting shut down again. So I I just don't know. I know it only ends when there's a vaccine. I know it only ends when we we bend the curve completely. But I just – my heart bleeds for these small business owners because I just don't know how – they're going to survive. Hopefully they get more loans, you know? Well, well, clearly the Lakers don't take the loans from the small businesses. Like, right. (laughs) I, I
0: qualified for this and I, I'm a complete dud when it comes to all of this. So it's like, I'm, it's like I read, you know, a pandemic and what happens to the economy for dummies. That's where I'm coming from. But I qualified for that. No, like, <laughs> no, that's what I should write. Um, <laughs> I, I qualified so for that. Like, the book. No, shut up. Can I please get a thought out for five seconds?
1: Tim, was your, did your wife talk to you this way?
0: Don't ask him that. No comment. All right. I qualified for the $30,000, all right, that you get to pay employees. I'm my employee. So I had my conscience set in and I was like, okay, let's just say they only have 30 grand left to give to someone who needs to pay their employees and I choose to take it to pay myself. I didn't feel right about that. So I declined and gave it to someone else.
1: That's the right thing to do. I want want to tell you something else. Um, you, You know, it's sad because there was a lot of abuse of the uh the loans and and there were a lot of businesses out there that and Alex you know this there were a lot of businesses out there that did not deserve the level of loan that people were taking right. and it's really crazy and I do hope that the people that took it that didn't need it or abused it and took numbers they shouldn't have taken are held accountable they uh, apparently hopefully will be there's a massive class action lawsuit against all of these banks that have done that headed up by an attorney friend of mine as a matter of fact wow and it's going to be a huge class would you action like to soon, give him so. a shout out so we yeah. all brian Poulter, shout out my friend Good luck to you out there. do <laughs> um, justice for us all wow i think that's I cra- by the way i think that's great because i've been wondering like when is that going to happen because you know that eventually the fallout's going to happen and 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 these people that did take these incredible amounts of money that did not need it you know they should be held accountable and and i really hope that i know they're looking at another round of financing and loans and i really hope that the people that did not get or did not get enough or are basically on their you know last uh, uh leg to stand on with regard to uh uh their business get that money they desperately because we need small businesses in America we need them to survive they are the the heartbeat of our country and and I just hope that uh, people get it so that's it that's my take on on that switching gears and pivoting as I like to do
0: pivoting to a brighter topic
1: now, uh, ju- this just in now um, I I what were there was something you want to talk about that I thought was uh, oh oh yeah you wanted to, you asked me before we went on. I'm looking at you, you, got that look on your face again. Right before we came in here, you said, Am I allowed? Which is funny, you asking me, Are you allowed to talk about something? Because the chances of me having any say over the last four years plus of you not being allowed to talk about something that I don't want you to talk about is fucking laughable. So you said that you're on the baby making hunt right now. Did you want to bring oh, yeah. that up?
0: Oh, yeah. Rand and I have been bumping uglies trying to get it popping. I have been sexually approaching.
1: <laughs> um, Let me yeah. wait. Let me break down what approaching means from you. this is this is approaching. I'm at the office and at four o'clock, I get a text from Lala, and it's like, "Get home. We are having sex. Tonight, you are giving me a baby." I'm like, wait, where what? is ro- it? W-
0: I was looking at my flow app and it had this circle around it that, I didn't even know this that indicates that it is a high chance to get pregnant. Keep in mind, you know.
1: But what is a flow I, app? I mean, what are the do things that make, make this up? Is like they, rhythm method no, they work. Every they work? single they person,
0: work. yes. The flow app I've heard from so many people yeah. like they got pregnant just from like checking their flow app and doing exactly what it tells them to do. Are you serious? I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I have a
1: question. Go back to the 1950s when there were no iPhones. Okay. There was no internet. How did people produce babies? Just
0: they just I, had sex like jackrabbits. Somebody all explain the it time. to me
1: here, Alex. How do they do it? If they didn't have I think an the doctors, were uh, aware of how women ovulate <laughs> in the 50s? Well, yeah,
0: it, it's, yeah. Exactly. That's just my
1: guess. I'm not a it's doctor. It's 12 to
0: 14 days before your next period. Okay. So, for, so. <laughs> I'm in a room full of dudes talking about menstrual cycles. This is, it's by really the way, weird. By the way,
1: how do you think we feel? How do you think we feel you think we should it's weird? feel lucky. We want to talk about when the NFL is coming back or when on what or, or, planet or when, when a tennis tour is coming hold back. On, hold
0: on. On what planet has Randall ever cared when the NFL is coming back?
1: Well, when I'm around my, around my dude. When he's friends. around his guys. I'll friends. jump in to defend him on this okay, one. Okay, defend. At, even on sports that I don't even care about, I'm excited for them to come back because just to have sports on is yeah, something that helps ease the mind. By the way, it yeah. brings us back to, uh, in our minds, a sense of normal, which will never right. be, but it exactly. makes us go. I also want to say something. You know, I. I, I uh, I don't like that statement you just made. When does Randall ever get a shit about throws? First of all, on my desk, on my desk. Out of
0: all the things I just said, that's what he, he's not a fan of.
1: Yeah. He really cares when the dolphins are doing well. Thank you. Which <laughs> which is never happened <laughs> since I've worked here at this company, but <laughs> yeah, that's Which has been what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, first of all, now I'm getting upset. First of all, I have Marino's helmet and I have tons of dolphin memorabilia. So that's bullshit. I do care about the NFL. I, I love the Miami dolphins. I'm a, a diehard dog fan, but I want to say, when they have sucked for twenty years you've straight, you've still been a fan. What do you want to do? You come out of the gate, they lose eight games in a row, and what do you? Then you give up, you quit. But I want to say this:
0: <laughs> I
1: have on my Thank God t-
0: you're not their coach.
1: Well, maybe if he were You would do better I, I think they would what do we Fun do
0: work? guys we've lost 8 games we should give up and just quit
1: No, well, what do you do? Fight. fight <laughs> let's go home fight on for 2 more games I just say screw it let's get a good draft yeah. um, I, I just want to say this is important first of all the Dolphins you know we've been to Dolphin games together so I don't even know why you say I'm not a dire Dolphin because that's disrespectful
0: I but. said you weren't an NFL fan
1: Well, I, if I'm a Dolphin fan I'm an NFL fan that
0: means so- you're a Dolphin fan
1: Okay, I'm, I'm really Like, come here. on. This is bullshit. Second of all, if you look at my desk, which you just saw, I have my confirmation of my L.A. Rams season tickets. So, for a guy that's not an NFL fan, I go to root on two teams. So, I've had enough of this bullshit.
0: All right. You know, so-
1: you're, you're trying to demasculinize me. and. Sure. Okay, I'm not the biggest <laughs> sports fan. I probably couldn't tell you Isn't what Isn't
0: that what happens like when you decide to get engaged and get married? You're just like handing over your balls to a woman.
1: Well, no, you took him like the first week on (laughs) night.
0: Alex Alex looks at me and frowns like, no, he doesn't have a girlfriend, nor is he married. And Tim, our married guy, shakes his head. and Look at the smile on on his face. (laughs) He does. Alex comes to work like a he's just had the best time ever. Yeah, because every weekend,
1: Alex is having his own personal nightclub at his house. (laughs) That's true. I opened up a speakeasy a long time ago, but don't tell the government. Oh,
0: thank God you guys get COVID testing once a week. I don't Uh, think I'd come in the office. It's so funny because I sit here and I'm like, I don't believe it's real. It's conspiracy theory. They're trying to control our minds.
1: Okay, cut that too, please. No,
0: I've already said this a million times. I
1: know, but people forgot.
0: People did not forget. I get multiple DMs about it a day. But let me clarify. I spew a lot of dumb shit. You know, that's just who I am. I should stop. I really should. And I'm learning as I get older. I feel like once I hit 30 in a few months, it's going to be like, I'm done saying stupid shit. But I what? am absolutely, I am well, absolutely a, terrified of COVID nineteen. I have my vitamins laid out. Well, I got my mask in my car. First of all, I'm life stalling well, everything. Well, like I'm, I'm scared of it. I yeah, am.
1: Well, I hope you're scared of it. So,
0: I am scared well, of it.
1: People are dying every day and getting sick. Can I? Say I know something? that. You First of all, you, you're making jokes. You are the one. Every time I get in the car and I forget my mask, I say, "Do we have masks?" And you pull out of your purse multiple masks. So you take it very seriously. What I want to do. It's put it to a vote between Alex, Tim, and myself. But I treat
0: my life like I'm on an episode. Will stupid
1: shit when oh you turn 30? All in favor that Lala will stop saying stupid shit. Stop talking. 30. Raise your hand if you believe she's not going to say stupid shit.
0: I'll raise my hand to that. I probably <laughs> will continue. I want, I
1: want the audience to know that nobody else even casually lifted their hand. You are Lala Ken. Whatever is on your mind comes out of your mouth.
0: Well, that's terrifying.
1: Unfiltered. And we are all the recipient of that. Um, okay, now what I want to say is this. Moving on. The final thing I want to say is, tell me, let's go back to the babies for a second because we sidetracked before we go. Okay. And then we're going to introduce our amazing next guest. What happens if we don't get pregnant next month? Are you going to be fine? Or are you going to be in a spiral? What's going to happen?
0: No, because my gyno told me she was like, all actuality, it takes people like a year to get pregnant. After a year, oh, so like fine. we start getting concerned. She was like, "If after six months you're having difficulty, then like come in and we'll check you both out." For me, it may be difficult. I mean, as you know, more and more women are having trouble getting pregnant, and it's act—it's very sad. I hope that that is not the case for me. Mm-hmm. But if it is, we'll deal with the, that when it well, comes. That's what, I, well, that's
1: what I'm saying. No you matter know? what, we're going to deal with whatever we, we get handed to us, which we always have. But I think that if we count the hours and days that we're waiting for a pregnancy, I think that's not a healthy way to live. I think we No, should just actually, enjoy- when
0: I asked her, I was like, so is there a position that I should oh be doing to
1: <laughs> like oh
0: help this God. happen? And she looked at me and she was like you should just keep doing whatever feels good. Like, have fun. Do not just sleep together because you want to have a baby. And I was like,
1: no, we're not doing that. I'm a Virgo.
0: So I'm like very organized. And I'm like, today we're going to have sex at this time because this seems like primo ovulation hour.
1: And this is what I get to go home to everybody. Um, Babe, first of all, you're
0: welcome. (laughs) Welcome.
1: Okay, God, the, the this where... is
0: what I get to go home to. Me spread eagle and hey, epic oh lingerie. God. Come on! <laughs> like, right. you're welcome. You're okay. freaking welcome. Okay. that is
1: it. I'm cutting this conversation. I love being with you every minute. I, whether I, When we have a baby, it'll be <laughs> God's plan. We are going to our friggin' guest now. Holy shit.
0: Good idea. So Tell our, us who
1: our next guest is.
0: Our next guest is a very dear friend of mine. I've known her for years. She goes by the name of DJ Duffy you guys may know her from Basketball Wives and she has transformed her life into something pretty freaking epic she's now the DJ for a little rapper named French Montana oh wow
1: no big deal so let me say something real quick which just makes us exciting and to see remember like we had our serious guests we had on that one week, our political uh, you know, uh, connected guest who was phenomenal, and I loved it because neither one of us had, had a guest like this. Right. What makes this guest exciting for me is I know DJ Duffy only as your close friend, yep. as somebody that you look up to, somebody that you have collaborated with on on, an, on a she
0: record. she produced my song "Boy," which went to number one on iTunes for EDM. So she's extremely right. talented. So,
1: so what makes this fun for me is I've never had a conversation with her, and I really don't know much about her. So I am coming from a place of just pure excited and interest. So this will be, a, I think, a fun guest for me because I just this is this is way more familiar territory in terms of the music part of it. Right. Um, But I have a lot of questions because I'm just excited to hear her journey and how she got to where she is.
0: Me too, so let's take a short break and we will be back with DJ Duffy. We are back my loves and we have DJ Duffy on the line. Hi baby.
2: Hi, babe. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Oh,
0: my God. Thank you for being on the podcast. I've been so hyped to have you. You have no idea.
1: You know anything involving Lala, I'm there.
0: (laughs) You're the best. So
1: See, we have that in common, Duffy. (laughs) (laughs) Aw.
0: Dan, now I feel all good. I'm blushing. (laughs) So... Duff, I know most people are going to know who you are, but I find your story so fascinating. And give us give us like a snapshot about how you started, what your life was like when you were a single mom and just how it all began for
2: you. So pretty much I was a 21 year old divorced single mom of a one-year-old I, I married my high school sweetheart at 15 and in one year we got married divorced and had
1: a child hold on time and- out time out duffy time out you can't <laughs> just listen i thought you were going to blow through like oh i went to school and i did this <laughs> and, and i i was in the keyboard program and i became a wonder kid music you just told me that you got married and had a child at 15 no 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 she met him no. when she was 15 oh. I don't listen. So, well, So I met That's my, my high school
2: sweetheart at 15. Okay, uh, you know I played Division One college basketball. I went to college, and then we got Holy married shit. right after. Yeah, Wait, right what after. What college?
1: What college? What college?
2: I went to the University of Texas at Arlington. It's a Division One, smaller Division One. We yeah. wasn't Texas Tech or anything. But you played D
1: One basketball. Yeah,
2: D One basketball. Yes. Oh, you're
1: a badass. Okay, yeah, So Thank you're you. setting the stage for me. Keep it coming. <laughs> Yes. So
2: I was a communication uh, technology major there. So I graduated with my degree. I married my high school sweetheart. We lasted, we were together since I was 15. We lasted five months married.
1: What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> crazy, right? I it love was, this. It, it,
1: was, I it love was crazy. This.
2: So, you know, he went to the NFL and I guess I really didn't fit in his life anymore. And which was okay because as you see, it all, it all worked out. but I think it did um, okay. I think it did just <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm I'm sitting at home, and I'm like, okay. My whole life I had planned out since 15 to be this NFL wife, and that quickly changed for me. And I was looking at my one-year-old, and I was very unhappy working at Enterprise Car Rental. I'm like, I went to college and got this degree, and I'm renting out cars. And I was very just unhappy where, where, where my life had ended up. And I, I wasn't gonna let what happened to me determine my future to be something unhappy and negative. I decided that day that I was gonna figure out what it was that made me happy in life and just do it. Because I kept hearing this thing, find what you love and find a passion in life and do right. it. Right. And it sounds so simple, but a lot of people are scared to do it. They, they they grow up thinking, you know, you have to have you have a nine to five and you have to, you know, live in this this straight life but they don't follow their dreams and that's one thing that is like a a passion of mine is for single moms out there if you have a dream follow it don't let because you know you have a child or because life didn't turn out the way you want stop you from pursuing and living your dream and so that day i bought equipment on craigslist and i started this dream of djing and i taught myself from youtube oh my god
1: wow yeah. Wow. Wait, Duff,
0: had had you known that you were like into music and wanted to be a DJ? Like what made you I think
1: i
2: always liked music, but the I didn't know that I had a passion for actually being in the music industry until I had friends like Drake and French Montana who were Earlier on in their careers, they weren't who they were now, but they were people who I knew that I was a fan of their music, and I would go to the studio, and then there would be girls there, and then there were girls that were sitting there on their phone, putting on lip gloss, being cute, maybe having some drinks, and then this is me—I'm standing on the board behind the engineer, trying to learn his job. Right. Wow. That I don't like that hook he just did. He needs to redo it. I'm like, oh, so you had you had
1: you you all you had that musical ability, like yeah. nature within you. Now, now here's my question because I literally cannot carry a tune to row, row row your boat. So <laughs> here's my question because I, obviously so I, I you know being in the movie business, I, I know a lot of musical you know talents, you know, and all that. I am amazed at the DJ whole explosion. How does it work? like what's a typical night? When you perform, how does it work? Like, how do you know what to play? Not is there is there a, like a method to the madness of being as successful as you are?
2: Okay, so I tell people that I never know what I'm going to play until I'm there. Besides my my set with French Montana, which is a, a normally a set, you know, uh, sixty minutes worth of music that I'm that we play all the time. I know okay. what that is. Okay, but I do a set before he comes out, or when I do my own DJ gigs, I do two hours of music on my own and I never know what it is because I like to fill out the room and like a lot of DJs sometimes I get in situations where I get booked and I don't know what that crowd is going to be like
1: oh I I never know oh so you adapt you can adapt like you you have to
2: adapt like if I if I if
1: I book if I book you in Miami Right, at right. like, I'm just saying, like live, right? Like, right. you're gonna play, you're gonna go in with the intention of playing one kind of thing, but if you show up and the crowd is different than what you thought, you can exactly. adapt on the spot.
2: Exactly. Damn. And that's what that's what makes you a good DJ because you you don't have the ability to adapt in that room full of people. You're gonna lose the crowd and, and, and mess up the whole night. Oh, like the that's DJ good. really sets the tone of the whole night. You really have to adjust. There's been times that I thought that the crowd was gonna go want one thing and I play a couple of songs and <laughs> I'm not seeing them move. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh and my god! Like, I would flip out. Okay, I got to
2: I got I got to switch this up ASAP, right. Because these people are paying me a lot of money <laughs> to be here. And, <laughs> like,
1: so, so you really do as a DJ, and obviously, it, it sounds like a, an idiot question from my point but so you really can read the room like you could see when people are really rocking to that music and you could also yes. see when they're just not hearing you and then you yes wow, mm-hmm. wow. and, and there's a
2: I've... test there's a test where as djs will cut the volume of the music and if i cut the volume and i don't hear y'all screaming the words and them screaming the words it's just not it oh it's, it's that's not it.
1: awesome I because if notice. you think
0: about it when you yep. go out the music sets the tone for your night. Like Duff, when mm-hmm. I go out, if if I, they're playing like this house music, whether I'm drunk or sober, like I know, like this ain't the spot for me. Right. right. The music, you know, the I music is that. everything. So her ability to read the room, I've seen her DJ many times and see this is why i
2: respect this is why diplo is one of my favorite djs and i respect him so much because i remember hearing him the first time in vegas and what i liked about diplo is he could play from edm to the very very new hip-hop that he i wouldn't even think a dj like him would know and he would blend these music he would blend pop with reggae with the new electronic and hip-hop all in one set and he does it seamlessly and he's really a dj that I, I aspire to one day be like because the way he can he can move through the different genres without missing a beat is why he's a big dj that dj's in all over the world and dj's in in, in vegas has residencies he has earned that
1: right see i see he can I,
2: keep a, a mixture of people happy right see
1: so yeah, even at see even, even as somebody that's 49 years old now you know, even when I go out because I have a lot of friends, you know, that own nightclubs at different places. It, I think that's a well, a really good point because, like, I don't notice it now until you're talking about it and I'm, I'm processing mm-hmm. it. But you're right. Like, I go to some clubs and it's just one format of music, and I'm like, this is not for me. But when I go mm-hmm. somewhere where they mix it up, so it hits Man, on things I like, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody gets what they want. I think that obviously that's kind of where what you've learned well is i think with yes. with
0: duff duff you're you definitely have kept the integrity of being a dj because a lot of people out here they're like oh i just throw music together and transition it into a new song it's mm-hmm. basically like pushing play on an ipod like you really you got your discs set up I've seen videos on your Instagram. Like, you embody everything. I had to,
2: Lala. I had to. When I first started DJing, because of my look and my image and that I like to to dance on the DJ booth and I had a curvy body and I was really pretty, no one wanted to take me serious. No one really thought that I actually was going to take my career to where I am now. I had a lot of people say a lot of negative things about me when I first started DJing, and I really had to, like— earn people's respect
0: right they probably looked at you like you should just be shaking your ass in music videos like a video vixen
2: yeah they were like this is a gimmick basically (laughs) she's gonna get up here (laughs) and she's not gonna be able to dj but i've had times like where i dj'd in vegas and other big clubs where there was like this older you know older maybe 40 year old dj that had been djing for 20 years he looks at me and looks like "Ha." She's about to, to mess the night up. And right. then in the middle of my set, they always go, Wow, you impressed me. Wow. Like they always get excited.
1: <laughs> okay, I have a question. So, mm-hmm. what is the biggest audience you've ever DJed for that you were freaking out? Because I freak out over 200 people. Oh, but what's the I have biggest?
2: Story. So, French is is from Morocco, and French has never, uh, well, hadn't at this point, had never performed in Morocco. It was his first time going back to Morocco from when he left as a child. Wow. So oh, he performed wow. in front of literally all of Morocco.
1: Come, like, on. I, Come on. I could
2: not see, no, literally, Damn. I couldn't even tell you how many people were there because it was free, and you could not see past... You could not, the the sea of people I could not see past and it was powerful because French had then seen his dad for the first time since leaving as a child and not only that, the king, you had to meet the king before performing on stage and I was like, the king? Okay, this is crazy.
1: This This is crazy. It
2: was crazy and then might I add, the first song, the audio was messed up and I literally thought that I was going to pass out because (gasps) French turned around and gave me this look and I was like, French, I don't know it's not me and I'm looking at all these people and the King's family is in the front and I would inside, lose it
1: I, I would lose it I would pass I, out
2: my legs okay. felt like noodles oh I was scared I thought like I ruined French's return home
1: <laughs> like I would, was, I would lose it I would lose it. I could not handle this
0: wait duff be honest when when you
1: fixed
2: it
0: of course you did but yeah okay so i i know how you perform when you're on stage you're it's the craziest thing because duff is not just someone who like sits behind the dj booth like she is entertaining french brings her out she's very good at shaking that ass as she should it's really good (laughs) like do you do that when the king is sitting there like, what is the vibe like? I
2: didn't do it in Morocco only because it's a very... Uh, conservative. I, I didn't do it in Morocco. I didn't do it in Saudi Arabia. Right, the conservative, it in the conservative it.
1: places you... Dialed Those are the back.
2: conservative places I respected. What I did do is I jumped up and I jumped high up in the air and raised my hand in the air, just like, you know, regular EDM. Right. Would. Right. But I, I was because I,
0: she has the background me, of basketball. So she's jumping they, way up there. They
2: <laughs> told me in Morocco and Saudi Arabia that if I got up there and danced the way I do during princess set that they didn't know if I would get arrested.
1: Okay. Oh good yeah, choice. That's good choice automatically
0: just jump in the air like you're dancing. I'm, I'm to EDM. gonna go
1: with good choice on the back down. I I have, I have a question, and you might have answered it, uh, but what what is the worst uh, moment you ever had DJing? Was it that when the tape went bad, or or whatever the music sound went bad, or was or is there something else that you could just tell me was like the most I mean- embarrassing or just worst night of DJing where you're like in the beginning of your career you were like. What am I doing? Or this? Or just something memorable that that an up and coming DJ is going to probably experience in their in their younger career.
2: Um. The only like, first of all, I love my job and everything I do, even when there's hiccups, like it's just amazing. I, I really don't even call it a job, but I can remember one time when I was DJing for a rapper named Currency. He had
0: a, I love Currency, I, I, by the way.
2: Love Currency. So good. Great person, amazing person to have be my first experience of DJing for artists. He had a a, a rapper called Gunplay. That was there at the venue where he was performing and gunplay comes up to me. He was like, Hey, I'm gonna perform this song, um, load it up. And I didn't really know Gunplay or his music oh, like that.
1: Sh- oh no.
2: So oh, I'm like no. trying to download the song and the song is not downloading. And he grabs the mic and goes out there and everybody's like, Oh, it's gunplay, and everybody's like and I told her I was like, I don't have your song. I don't have any of your songs. I didn't have any of the music.
1: Oh, Mike, my- okay, this would be a. I I would. What, so Wait, what so what do you what do? do in that moment? You, you hit do? the YouTube,
0: you go to YouTube and just type in his name? Like, what do you do?
2: I said, everybody give it up for play and they all start clapping, and then I, play, <laughs> then, I play Cur- then I play Currency's next song. Like, okay, sir. Like, I left. like oh. I don't know.
0: God, Duffy, you're so badass.
2: <laughs> I didn't know, I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you are, and you just come up to me in the middle of my set and just tell me to play your music. Like, the only other time I had that happen with Currency was when Lil Wayne walked up and told me that he wanted to perform a song, I had his music. Yeah, (laughs)
1: obvious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was a good thing, right?
1: Well, I'll send you, I'm gonna send you my music ahead of time, so if I ever jump on your stage, you got it.
2: Okay, thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, I want to take a short break, and when we get back, I'm gonna pick Duffy's Brain a little more. We'll be back. We are back with one of my most favorite human beings, and I'm lucky enough to call her a friend. It's DJ Duffy. Hi, baby. So, we talked about how your first experience DJing was with Currency. He gave you the opportunity to DJ for him. When did it shift and you just were suddenly DJing with the? a little someone named French Montana. It's it's like so crazy to say that like that's my friend on stage with French fucking montana like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's very interesting and, and this could go out to anyone out there aspiring to be a dj or really anybody aspiring to be anything is you never know who you're meeting and and what they could bring later in your life and a little interesting backstory about me and french i had met french 10 years before ever being his dj and i met him with uh some friends and he performed at a club and nobody clapped and nobody really cared but i wow. heard potential in his music and i became a super fan of his. So anytime he was in Texas, within three hours away from me, I would drive, I would support my friend, I would support my friend's music. And so when I had the desire to want to learn how to DJ, he was actually one of the first people I told. He had a song called Pop That at the time that had blew up. And I told him I was learning how to DJ, teaching myself how to DJ. And I had I aspired or one day maybe wanted to be his DJ in my head. I never said it out loud, but I thought it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen because he was huge and I was just starting out DJing. But I knew that like, I would hope to one day to be able to be good enough to be his DJ. Fast forward to, I had just finished basketball wives LA. Um, I'm on television at the time and I'm walking down Rodeo drive and spending the new money I made. Right. <laughs> 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 and, and French calls me and says, Hey, I have this big song, Unforgettable. I'm about to go on tour for a, a month in Europe and Africa and I want you to come on and be my DJ. Oh wow. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. He That's was like, huge. You believed into me from the beginning. I see you're blowing up, you're doing good. I need I want a new DJ. I want something new a new element. And and literally in three days I was headed to South Africa.
1: Holy shit.
2: It
0: really was a whirlwind for, I feel like your career has been a whirlwind. Like, you were killing it, you were working alongside Amber Rose for a minute, and then all of a sudden, you just got crazy busy traveling with French. Yep. And you, you had known him 10 years prior. I feel like there's a lot of artists, like the Drakes and French Montanas, that you knew before their careers? Oh, yeah.
2: I knew Drake before his first album.
0: And how did... It's so crazy, right? It was
1: Drake. I just like that. I didn't know Drake before. It's like, uh, I mean... How? That's as cool as it gets. It I mean, really is. On. I mean, this is like one of the greatest artists that will go down I know. in you history. Know
2: how amazing it's been to just be able to to know him, wow. to reach out to him, to to be a friend of his, to to even to pick his just brain like, daily
1: because you're yes! you're collaborating with someone. I. But by the way, I just want and I could only equate it on the movie side. But people will say to me similar like that. Oh my God, you're working with this amazing actor, or this director. And I will tell you, it for me at least uh, is, is it elevates me as a human and as an artist. I, how is it for you when you work with somebody that you know you look up to or you respect so much on this level?
2: I mean, well, people like French and and Drake, I've I've known since you know I was like twenty, and I've seen their whole career, right. and so it's just like they feel like family. Yeah. But you know, you know, the, the special moments for me is when when they ask me my advice and what do I think about their body of work before it's uh, out, that's, that's you know, awful. I feel, I, yeah, I feel no. like as a female, it's kind of already hard to get respect in this industry. And so for them to respect my ear and to really value my opinion and what songs I think are will be singles of theirs or like, for instance, Lockjaw, the first time French played me Lockjaw, he didn't, he didn't have the song finished and he told me he wasn't going to put it on his project. And I argued with him. So much to where I followed him out of the studio and I told him that he would be stupid if he didn't put that song wow. on his mixtape. Wow. wow. And okay. it was the only song to chart on his whole mixtape. It was the Holy only song to chart. Sh-
1: yeah, you're cool as fuck. I don't well, know. Well, I I, I have that
0: in common with with uh, French Montana. My my song, Boy, was the only one to chart that Duff had a heavy <laughs> <Yeah>. hand in.
2: <laughs> um. Oh, another crazy story. Unforgettable. Yeah. When when French first got the song Unforgettable, like it was kind of already done by another artist, The Hook. And French played this for me in a hotel room. He was having a party. And at the time, I was not his DJ. He, he took me to the side. He said, Duffy, listen to this song. He was like, this artist wants me to pay them three hundred thousand dollars for this song. He was like, do you think it's worth it? I listened to the song, and I said, absolutely. And that has been his biggest song of his entire career. It made him right. way more than the 300000
0: Right, 000. the <laughs> pocket change, I'm sure, compared to what he's made. That song is yeah. epic.
2: Yes, yes. So,
0: Dove, how do you, being someone who, you know, is on the road a lot of the time, how do you juggle being a mama and your career? Because a lot of women, they... They don't think that they can do both and I feel like you're the living proof that you can
2: yes hell yes you can for any women out there listening that if you think because you know you're a mom that you're not capable i say you're you're capable because you are a mom there's some Mm -hmm. of the strongest women in the world are mothers you can literally do anything if you can bring a life into this world then you can juggle a career (laughs) you know i agree
1: with that i agree agree with with that that. too what what (laughs) you women have to go through to carry a child for 10 months and then deliver the child, and then yes. raise the child and be a mother. Yes. You know, Don't what? you only carry you a
0: baby for nine?
1: Ten, ten total with a... Yeah, nine with, months. Oh, I thought it was ten. Isn't it ten total? I thought it's ten total. Like
0: between the time of conceiving and From birth? the time...
1: Yeah, okay. from the from the act of getting. I think it's technical. okay. All right, I know it's nine months. We always say nine months, but I think the actual time is that. But we're not going to get into that right now because we're we're praising <laughs> we're praising mothers. They right. have to have hey, careers. Whether it's
2: nine or ten months, it's hard. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not right? going to argue with any woman
1: on this on this on this podcast right now because I'm definitely going to lose. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I agree with you, Duffy. That 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 if you know any woman that that. Any woman, period. But any woman that's a mother, uh, you know, what you have to go through as yeah, a mother. And, that, yeah. A and career, as a, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. As a student athlete, I had to always juggle. I had to juggle my school oh, with yeah. my basketball and then with my, with my personal life. I've had to always juggle. And so, you know, women out there, you can do anything. You can be anything. And when it comes to like with my son, it's like I go, I go to work, I travel. Most of the time, I'm, you know, working on the weekends. During the weekday, I'm taking him to school, I'm taking him to practice, I'm picking him up from school. We're spending quality time together. But really, what I'm doing is showing my son that his mom did something great. I'm just being a great example of I had a dream and I did it and I did it big. And
1: I you love can do whatever
2: that. you want to do big.
1: I love wow. that. I have, I have a question. Uh, side note, uh, question: mm-hmm. If you and I, okay, now uh, I'm I'm like five ten at best. Okay, on a good day, <laughs> um, if you and I go one on one on the court, do I have any chance? I never play basketball. Oh, you have life? no chance. Wow, well, I still got it. What if? Okay, what if we play to a ten and you give me like a seven point advantage? She's Candy. still, I'm I'm still she's you still
0: kicking your no ass. no chance
2: stuff. I I got you. Oh, I'm yeah, ready. I'm, I'm still I'll have take, it.
1: I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I want to get schooled by not only a badass DJ but a badass uh, ba- uh, Let's basketball. Let's do it. I, I'm I, down. I love this. Oh my god! I, was- I
2: don't turn down a basketball. Oh yes, day, I love it. Okay, the next time because you're the next I, time I you're in LA, it.
1: you got to come play with me you got to complain. Let's go. I, this is going to be Oh, my God.
0: This is amazing. I cannot wait to watch <laughs> Duff kick your ass. I'm not
1: going to get a point. I'll probably not get a point, but you know She's what? She's
0: so baller. I'm you should competitor. see
1: her. You, you wouldn't root for me Oh, anyway, you think
2: though. you're a competitor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. Alex, Duff comes well, I from my like, I My mom, when I was in middle school, used to like put me in the hospital from playing her one on one.
1: Holy
0: shit! No, Duff comes from a line (laughs) of athletes, dude. Her mom played basketball. Her brothers
1: are athletes.
2: My family has played collegiate level.
1: Holy shit! I want to tell you something though. Be nervous, stuff, because I am a <laughs> high-level pickleball player now, and I am coming for you.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, Randall. I'm so confident in myself. I feel like I can be any man at any sport at any time. Not- yes, oh, Duffy! Okay,
1: now I'm going to go hide. Fuck this. I am <laughs> sitting my challenge. I am not playing you. I've decided there's no chance j- because you are owning this way too much.
0: No, dude. <laughs> She's okay, so I, like-
1: I have, I have, I, because I'm running out of time. I have some, I, I, rumor has it that you are now transitioning of juggling both being a high level DJ, but also managing artists. Tell me what that's yes. like running the business part for other people, not just, you know, your own career. And, yeah. So and right now,
2: Right now, I've been managing artists for about a year now, and, I, and I'm still in the learning process. I'm learning about contracts. I'm learning about like what it really takes to be an artist. I'm really trying to figure out what makes artists pop you know what I'm saying? What are those formulas that are making artists stand out? And so I have, uh, I just got out of the studio with a 14-year-old kid from Fort Worth, Texas that has so much potential and he's so good that I've, I might have already landed him a deal before his first mixtape has even come out. Wow. And wow. yeah. Wow. And so this whole process of using all of these connections that I've made over the last, you know, 10 years from just being a fan of music to then becoming a DJ, now I get to use Use all of these artists and all of these A and R's and all of these producers. I get to use them to help out kids from from my city and my community that would never have the ability to to meet these people, never have the ability to to start this career. Like this kid, this kid from from Fort Worth, he didn't even know how to upload his music. He, he's just been putting songs on iTunes and something as simple as wow. teaching him how to to distribute his own music, he didn't know. You know, oh, that's and so that's I'm amazing. Getting, yeah, that's amazing. I get the joy out of just helping them you know learn but you're giving you're,
1: but you're also taking people that might never get that opportunity because you're That's, so dialed are, in those you're, are the
2: people that i'm looking for i'm looking for people with real talent who who come from areas that would have never made it they don't have the finances to get real videos they right. don't have the ability to to they might not even have a computer to go upload their music what? like i'm looking for those people who really really need my help
1: and and here's a crazy thing it's i mean not crazy but it's like That you find somebody who has no access and doesn't believe or doesn't have the faith Mm -hmm. in themselves, they meet you, and all of a sudden they have Drake listening to their stuff. They have this person. So, unlimited access. So, I think you're a better candidate any day of the week being a manager and a producer of these people, you know, of of these people of, of different. People that don't have the resources, you're going to get them yes. out there, and you're going to really believe in them and put your heart and soul into it, like you did for yourself. And I think exactly. these people are lucky to have somebody yeah, like yeah,
0: dude Duffy's a dream maker, Aww, and she you. she instills Excellent. confidence in people that otherwise really wouldn't have it,
1: right? Which is amazing. Yes. Which right. is what which is in in the world that we're living in today. I I, I think we need more of this, and I think that more people are going to get to shine in the world. You know, when people like you, Duffy, give them. Uh, a Thank break. You. So that's pretty. That's Thank pretty you neat. So much.
0: Thank Duff, you. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast today. Shared, for having me. dude, she always. Awesome, I miss She's you so much.
2: We have to see each other next time I come to LA.
0: I would love it. And I would I, love that so much. I, or or no, I'll have really Rand beautiful. ship me out to Texas. No, no, no. no there's
1: no shipping <laughs> shit. I'm gonna, Duffy's gonna come out here, and we're gonna play basketball, and yes. then we're gonna come back on the podcast. Randall,
2: I really don't want to ruin our
1: new friendship. <laughs> <birthday. laughs> dude, I can't wait. She's you know good what? at talking I, shit. The fan that the fan will love. Lala's fans, because Duffy I, and your fans, I only have three. So between you two. you Oh, no, I'm yeah. sure
2: you have more. No, but anyway. It, 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 Lala has made you pretty popular
1: out here. Oh, God. I'm going, I'm going, back, <laughs> oh, I'm going back into him. my hole. I'm going back into my hole. <laughs> uh, anyway, but Duffy, when you come out, I can't wait to meet you like face to face. We'll get together. Yes. And thanks for, for being on here with us, because I, I learned a lot having. today.
0: Of course. I love Great. you so much, babe. I love you too, babe. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye, Duff.
2: All right.
1: Well, I got to tell you something a lot. Uh, I've never spoken to Duffy and now I cannot wait to meet her uh, and get together because she is so cool and so inspiring. And honestly, uh, what a story. I mean, honestly,
0: dude, she's the best. Yeah, She's just one of those people. When you talk to her, you can't help but feel inspired. I, I and, and there's no reason for you to be a lazy fuck. There's absolutely like if she makes you be like, I should probably work a lot harder. Well, you I mean, know, the fact
1: that, first of all, the fact that she's been you know, played D1 basketball and then and then you know, uh, was a young mother and went on to produce this incredible career in life for herself and is now inspiring other people. That is, uh, just a compliment. I compliment, uh, I don't even know what the right word I commend, compliment. I just think that's awesome. And I love to inspire, and I think that. We need more of that in this world today. Um, so Duffy, I am excited to uh, face you one-on-one on the basketball court. I am afraid now. I wasn't afraid at first, but I am petrified. But I'm going to take, uh, take take my loss like a gentleman and come back on this podcast and share with my fans.
0: Uh, <laughs> Randall is such a rookie with this. The, the phone, it's like really insane.
1: You know what? You know, let me tell you something. We're like Rudy, over Rudy 20 Rudiker episodes in, and it's like... Hey, Rudy Ruddiker was a rookie. And Rudy, Ru- like... hey, hey, Rudy Ruddiker. <laughs> say it three times. Rudy Ruddiker was a rookie. Rudy Ruddiker was a rookie, for those of you that ever watched the movie Rudy. And Rudy, on the la- after being a rookie, finally made it onto the field to play that last game that changed the world. So, you can keep calling me a rookie, eventually... You will be be, Rudy. Eventually, I will be the veteran player in this podcast.
0: All right. We love you guys so much. Please slay the rest of the week, and we will catch you next Wednesday.